Hi, and welcome to The Movement. This episode was recorded as part of the Movement Live series on Instagram. The Movement Live is hosted by 776 BC founder and Olympic silver medalist Cameron Mackenzie McCogg and Tokyo Olympic gold medalist Lucy Stephan. This week has Tokyo Olympic gold medalist Rosie Popper on to discuss her journey through the US collegiate system to representing Australia at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Now over to the show. Yeah. Both you and um, it's awesome, Rosie, to have you um, on board. And uh, so, thanks for having me. I'll start me. from the top. This is called the Movement with um, myself, Cameron McKenzie-McCarg, and Lucy Stephan, and um, and Rosie Popper this morning. Which you know what, this is going to be good fun because I want some of the dirt on. So Rosie's. <laughs> Little reunion. Olympic champion from the women's four this year. It's a little reunion taking place on our um, chat this morning, and um, but I want to I want to know the dirt on Lucy in terms of you know what she really like sort of you know in a crew boat at Olympic final. She tells a pretty good story these days as to how it all sort of you know unfolded. I mean, um, it, wor- it worked out alright. Want- so whatever she's doing seems to be working. Well, that's actually a very good point. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it's um. No, yeah, well, it did truly work out. So you well, guys, oh. oh, it was just an hour of us saying nice things to back and forth to each other. Yeah, just back a bit and of positivity forth. for you Wednesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Actually, so this is a good question. I'm guessing, mm. as a crew, you girls haven't had a catch up since returning to Australia? No. So no. Lucy and I have, have been the sole people of BO catch-up. Annabelle's obviously still in, is from WA, and then and Jess has actually just arrived back from the US but got caught up with the new border restriction changing, so she's doing a 72-hour isolation at the moment. So we haven't actually had a... We haven't wow. seen each other since um, Tokyo because, yeah, Jess yeah. went straight to the States, well, so... It'll be cool to, to be united, I, I would imagine, maybe at Rose Rower next year or at some point. Hopefully next year at some point. <laughs> well, like, you well, just never know with border restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, this is true. You just don't know. So yeah. we've yeah. had a few no, um, virtual um... catch-ups, but nothing in real life yet, which is pretty crazy if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, well... It is crazy. And I mean, look, one of the things is you have to navigate through a pretty crazy world to get there and race. And so it's sort of crazy, but not unusual anymore. I mean, certainly sort of at the starting point of this pandemic, everything felt crazy, crazy and unusual and and pretty unsettling. And and we can sort of dive into that um, in a little bit. But I want to, I think what's cool sometimes is just to get into the boat and in your head for the biggest moment of your running career. I'm assuming the Olympic gold was your biggest moment. <laughs> you might have other races yeah. on your list, but... Um, but um, Had a still girls, 2009, <laughs> single skull. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know where well, it all began. If, if I get together with my head of the river um, schoolmates, we talk like that was the greatest achievement in rowing to, you know, in this century. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, but can let's let's just go back to Tokyo um, mm-hmm. start line. I like that headspace because, like, I think it's sort of you know it's cool just to you know see what people's headspace was at their most important sort of performance moment. Where where were you at? Um, I think for us, because obviously we hadn't uh, raced at all for for nearly two years, that we'd visualise the race and we'd visualise the the course so much. And Lucy was making the calls that, you know, kind of when we got there, you're so in the mode of, yep, we've done this a hundred times before, even though we hadn't, you know, raced together as a crew internationally at all. But I think we we rehearsed it so many times in the domestic season that it was kind of business as usual when we got there. And, And I think, you know, credit to us that we, really committed to each other as a four that when we got to the start line, it was just kind of, um, you know, treating it like every other day. And, and that was something that I actually learned in college. It was, you know, kind of race, I mean, uh, train every day, like it's your major competition, then the major competition feels like every other day. So for me, I was just so excited to actually be able to 
race and and I think you know you're just thinking about the first stroke like for us it was just get to the bridge which is about seven seven hundred meters in so we were definitely just taking it one step at a time but I think you know you're kind of having a bit of an out-of-body experience because you go oh we're finally here but you know there's a really big job to be done so for me I was just excited and, and listening to Lucy and looking at the back of Jess's head so that was you know it's very it's it seems very glamorous but you know you've done it a million times that at the end of the day you're just kind of doing everything that you've rehearsed so um it's a feeling like no other but so, um sorry yeah it's pretty amazing so were there moments that were because i think sort of um that sounds very professional but were there moments where you like your mind did start to sort of race or sort of go somewhere else and, and did you have any tactics to just bring it back like Lucy yeah. spoke about, you know, a, a pretty structured sort of five-minute routine, which I thought was quite amazing because mm -hmm. um, it's sort of, yeah, it was certainly very structured as a five-minute sort of into race start um, routine. Mm -hmm. And but did you did your mind? Curtis McGar was a classic one. What was he? His mind went to um, Talladega Nights. Was yeah, that, Talladega Nights. Yeah. <laughs> Some, some, and here's, I mean, and like, and this bake. is what's Was interesting. Shake to, and bake, baby? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, I mean, this is where it's interesting to talk to different athletes' experience mm. at their biggest moments because we're all different in terms of how we cope with those moments and the pressure. And for some people, mm. you know, having some cues just to sort of, you know, get grounded and centered and, and focused mm. is, is really important. And other people actually need to have just a minor distraction just so that they're not sort of revving themselves too much. So, so did you have any moments, you know, in that last 15 minutes where um, your mind raced or, or sort of wandered places you didn't want yeah. to go? Um, for me, it's more like once I'm on the water, it's pretty kind of just be really single-minded. Um, before we got on the water, I kind of like to have a bit of a chat. I think that some people like to be, you know, really quiet and kind of do their thing. And I kind of like to, to talk a bit and make it feel a bit normal. I think I spoke to Campbell Watson, Rowan Lavery with the men's reserves and we were just having a little chat and it was kind of almost funny because it was, you know, I was taking an energy gel or something and we just talked about, you know, what songs I listened to before the race. And I was like, all right, we're just going to go off to the A final now and kind of make it seem like it's just, you know, you're talking about the Olympic Games A final, but it's just kind of, it just bringing a bit of humour into it is kind of what I like to do. And, um, you know, there were definitely times when you're on the start line because you've got so, so much energy because you're finally you know, tapered and, you know, you've been eating and sleeping heaps and everything. So, you know, you feel like you're about to burst out of your skin, but, um, you know, just taking the big breaths. And I think, I don't know, Luce, if we just had a little bit of a, you know, it was a, a turnaround point. We just kind of said, yep, we're ready here. And um, I think it was just like, we were so on board and, and so in tune with each other that, um, you know, by the time I got to the start line uh, or we got to the start line, I was like, yep, we're on. And, you know, that I think um, mid mid-race when we were ahead I was like oh my god we're actually doing it here and then I'm like nope we've still got you know another six seven hundred meters to go so I think it's just raining it in and you know I'm pretty notorious for when I get a bit too excited to to rip it apart so for me it was kind of making it um you know making it feel easy and and a bit brighter and lighter and I guess just bringing the fun into it and those really high pressure situations um so yeah I think you know it's just always going back to the to the system and knowing what works and I guess not doing anything different on race day for me. Um, and yeah, when you get those little yeah. flutters of excitement, just keep bringing it back to what you know, because you've done the work. And, and I think that's like, you know, a bit of a mantra that, you know, I established, especially the last 18 months is, you know, making sure that I'm on my own team and, and really trusting myself, but really trusting that, you know, I've done the work and my teammates have done the work too. So how could we not do it if we, you know, if we have done the work? So it's, it's definitely just having that self-confidence in the really, really high pressure moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and I think this is where Ryan's great in a lot of respects where you, you can't fluke it. <laughs> no, no. You can't fluke a gold medal. You can't sort of just, you know, some, you know, moments sort of just do something that's well outside your mm -hmm. sort of, you know, what you've been training for and so in some respects that's if you've done the work it's it should be a really nice sort of you know position to be in where it's like well we're setting ourselves up here to actually go and do the job that we've been training for and and part of it i suppose is when you you know getting that confidence in all that training and preparation that you know that your race speed's going to be 
you know, <clears throat> put you at the front of the field and sort of, and that's what's going to run do the job. But yeah. that sounds, um, we were, it yeah. sounds like, yeah, a nice, a think, nice lead yeah. into an Olympic final. Yeah, I think we also, you know, we had spent so much time off the water really establishing that trust. And um, I think that's, you know, the really, really important thing of, you know, in the reality of the situation, we have raced 13 minutes over the last two years. So there's so much other stuff that, you know, comes into play to execute that six and a half minutes that we, you know, we ended up doing. So, you know, there's so much mental preparation that, that needs to be done and stuff. So especially in a, in a, um, a very extreme circumstance, like, you know, trying to go to the Olympics through a pandemic. So I think it's, it's just, um, you know, developing all your skills outside of, you know, the arms, bodies, legs, legs, bodies, arms that end up making the arms, bodies, legs, legs, bodies, arms really, really effective. Well, you do, I mean, and what's remarkable a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot, is that this was your first Olympic Games. Now, obviously, you've, mm -hmm. you've done a lot of international racing, but um, you, you are speaking like someone who's raced at three Olympic Games and understand <laughs> how to sort of, you know, do the job so i mean like you know and that sort of speaks volumes again to the crew you know uh i suppose synergy that you had together and then just mm. the preparation but um but what about the last 300 meters i mean were you aware of how tight it was getting uh i, well, I had a little thing a little um yeah i definitely had a a, a feeling that someone was coming up on our right but um my handle was actually super, super slippery because of the side wind. So my ha I was just trying not to crab um, because my my left inside <laughs> hand was so, so far out that I was thinking if I crab here, we are stuffed. So for me, it was stay relaxed, make sure that I just, you know, keep, you know, not tense up because the, the water was just so slippery and so, so fast that, you know, we just had to keep moving with it. It was kind of one of those races where, because the water's moving so, so fast, you have to just go with it. It didn't feel like a really long kind of hard race. It was just kind of, t it kind of felt like the fan on zero um, on the ergo and just making sure you just do everything as perfect as possible. So um, Lucy was just being like, yeah, we're good. We're good. They're coming. Just trust it. So I think we took a dirty stroke and then they took a dirty stroke and then we kind of started pulling away again. But, um, you know, I, d I think, you know, watching our reaction, you think, we don't really claim it fully apart from Lucy. So it's probably showing that we were all staying pretty internal and Lucy had the eyes. So I guess that's credit to us that we really trusted what Lucy was saying. Um, and no one freaked out. We all just kept doing, you know, what our roles were. Um, and yeah, I think it's, you know, if you lead from the, the first stroke to the last stroke, it's, you're going to know that people are going to come back at you and, and it is an Olympic final. So, I mean, as you said, I've never been to the games, but I've watched a lot of rowing and being a lot of races and lost a lot of races. So, um, you know, anything can happen in those last couple hundred metres. And I think, you know, it, it just comes back to trust and, and trusting the process. Because if Lucy said, yep, yeah, we have to go right now, we would have gone. And if she said, well, this is good, keep doing what we're doing, we just kept doing what I'm doing. So, um, you know, I think that is testament to us that we just established such a trust that, you know, Annabelle was stroking, Jess was supporting her. I was helping transfer rhythm. Lucy was, tra you know, supporting us and then making the call. So, um, you know, we knew exactly what we had to do. And then, um, so Lu Lucy did do a good claim as you crossed the line, which I'm, I'm glad because it's often hard, you know, at the end of a race to, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I think, people need to show a bit more emotion, but everyone's got to mm -hmm. do their own sort of, well, some of just um, internalising in terms of what's just happened and others um, sort of, you know, very quickly realise, you know, where they've finished. But um, mm -hmm. how did you feel? Like, you know, in terms of the last, well, the, the first five minutes after you'd finished, what was the emotions running through your head? Um, I could not stop crying. Uh, I think I just, it was kind of all those things. I cried for about an hour straight after. It was just a really weird experience that it was kind of, you know, you've been holding on to this thing for so long and just trying to cope and trying to stay really present, even though things, you know, up until the day that we left um, for Rockhampton in our pre-departure camps, things were going wrong outside of our control. And I think you're just trying to keep forward and stay positive and um, just trust that things will, will work out. And, and I think, you know, there's so much that had happened over the last, you know, 15 years of our rowing, you know, experience and especially in the last 18 months that you kind of get to the finish line. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is the only thing that no one can take away from me. And this is an Olympic gold medal. How cool is that? And that's what I was thinking that, 
you know, this is something that no one can take that away from us anymore. So even if, you know, border shut or, you know, Olympics is postponed, Olympics are cancelled or whatever happens, like this is something that cannot be taken away from us. And that was the best feeling to me. And I think just a huge sense of relief that, you know, I've really battled a lot through my rowing career and had some really good moments as well. But, you know, this is just to actually, you know, have a plan and execute it and things work out is just the coolest, coolest feeling ever. And, you know, having that time to reflect now in the last few months, you realize how hard it is to win an Olympic gold medal. And the fact that we pulled it off is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is where sport, I think, is, you know, and it creates these moments where it's, it is really hard to put together. And, and I think sort of, you know, um, everyone appreciates that because you've got to do all this work and more often than not, it doesn't work and it doesn't get the result where you want it to be. And But mm. when you put it all together and it works and it clicks and you get the result, um, those moments are incredibly special. And, and then I mm. sort of, yeah, that whole emotional almost just lifting of, you know, uh, off your shoulders for that next hour, I... Um, yeah, can uh, see just in terms of what you had to navigate through, not only in the last 18 months leading into the Games, but just um, your, yeah, I mean, you've had a really, and sort of where um, I think the, the story sort of becomes really interesting is just your mm. journey to uh, the Tokyo Olympics and um, taking a path into the US system and college mm. over there and then representing the US, which is, you know, um, so controversial. No, it's not controversial. Actually, let's start there. <laughs> yeah. how, did, so, how did you... So you represented the US at the under-23s. Mm. Two yeah, years in a row, was world. it? Two years in a yeah, row. Yeah, 2011 and 12. And I did a, a World Cup yeah. against Lucy um, in 2014 in the pair. 14. Um, yeah. 14. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so um, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, how cool. It's pretty a full, very full circle. And even, you know, there's some of the girls that I... Um, raced with in the under 23 level that I, you know, raced against internationally as an Aussie. So it's very unique. Um, you know, I think it's, 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 you know, it's not, not super kosher, but I think, you know, at the time that was the, the best decision for me. I, I'm a dual citizen and my mum's American and she's a dual citizen as well. Um, but I went to the States in 2010 um, and I went to the University of California, Berkeley and under the coach there of Dave O'Neill, who's now at the University of Texas. Um, so I, I joined there in 2010, and um, at the time there wasn't the pathway that if you were a US um, student, athlete, and an Aussie, you could race for the for Australia at the time. So um, I really wanted to, you know, keep my rowing, um, you know, keep getting better. And, and the only opportunity for me at the time um, was to stay in the States and try for the US team. So I stayed at this, in the summers of 2011 and 12, and um, and represented the States. Uh, in a quad in 2011 and then in a pair in 2012. Um, I took a year off under 23 in 2013 and then graduated in 2014 and then came back to Australia and moved to Adelaide to row, to row with Renee Chatterton, who was um, South Australian and she was in the London 8. Um, and then we were in the pair for trials and we both made the um, the eight with Lucy in 2015. And so that was the Aussie eight. And then um, we came what, eight loose, I think. Did not yeah. qualify. Um, <laughs> did not, we don't need to talk about qualify. it. And, yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, lots of lessons were learned. <laughs> lots and lots of lessons. You know, I think a great, great group of girls, um, you know, the average age of that eight was, you know, 22 or something and trying to qualify for the Olympics. I don't think we, you know had the skill set at the time to understand how hard that actually is, especially in the eight where it's, you know, it's an absolute wrestle, um, an absolute fight for the, in the A final. So um, we missed out, big, big learning experience. Um, I was training for the Rio team and then leading into the games or in, leading into trials, I fractured my rib and it took me out for a really long time um, before Christmas. And then, tried to come back and, and wasn't really managing myself properly and kept refracturing the rib and, and unfortunately didn't make it to trials there. So, um, you know, a big, big learning experience for me. I went, you know, just took some time away from the sport, did a bit of traveling, um, 
kind of, you know, when the Olympic Games was on, was doing something else and, and I guess just kind of tried to find a bit of identity outside of the sport and picked up some work. Um, and then I came back and, and Nick Mitchell, who was the um, head coach at, at Bank, Banks Rowing Club at the time, just was kind of peppering me and going, oh, maybe you should come back, you know, for a social row at the club. Maybe you should just kind of come in. And at, at the start, I was really resistant. And I said, you know what, my rowing's been my whole life. My parents are rowers. I don't want anything to do with it. Like, just, you know, leave me alone. And then it kind of, I guess, um, you know, over time, he was really, really awesome and just let, well, letting me lead kind of my journey back to the sport. And, and eventually I was like, oh, yeah, I'll come down for a social row. Like, there's a few beers at the club. Yeah, I'll come back. And then eventually, like, you know, rowing a couple of days a week. And, and my one of my best mates, Alex Hagen, and I decided to um, – do Henley in, in the pair and, you know, I guess have a, a fun experience in the pair. And um, we just started training and, you know, I guess for me that, that period of time was my, I guess, um, learning how to love the sport again, um, which was really, really cool. And, and we went and did Henley and we won women's Henley and, and got knocked out in the first round of the women's pair at the Henley Royal Regatta. So it had a bit of fun there and then um, came yeah. back. And Henley, you know, Henley's got, good like that, isn't it? You either you want to win it or get, get knocked, knocked out, out and... first round. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing in between. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's such a cool event. And I think, you know, that, that 18 months for me was, you know, re, really reigniting my love for the sport and, you know, just being able to go for a row with my best mate in the morning before we go to work. Like that was, you know, really, really cool to me and, and got back and, and spoke to Mitch and the VIS and um, said, you know, I don't think I'm done. So had a lot of support. Um, from them and, and kind of started training with the VIS and, and made it back to the to the training centre at the end of 2017. Um, and I guess I've been at Penrith since. So definitely, a, you know, a lot of different experiences and a lot of, you know, really, really hard times, but, um, you know, super big learning experiences. And I think, you know, what came down to is that I really love doing this sport and, you know, there's, there's so many um, amazing things that you can do with it. So um, I think understanding why you do it is really important and, and knowing who you are outside of the sport um, as well is super important. Yeah. Lucy, do you remember racing Rosie? And did you think that she was <laughs> going to come back to Team Australia or did you think she was going to um, stick with Team USA? Well, I actually remember Roz because I was like little Ballarat basher and Roz was like... <laughs> badass schoolgirl who like won everything like everyone knew Rosie <laughs> um and I know like <laughs> full circle so um and I remember Roz like when she was she was in the youth eight in like 2000 well I think you did a couple of them but you were in the mm. oh no 2010 youth eight just before you left mm. um and I trialed for that one and didn't make it and then you yeah then you went overseas and then yeah I like I guess because I guess your mum was still on the bank as well. There was that kind of connection. Mm. And then I remember when you came back and I like, there was a lot of things going on in women's sweep last cycle or two cycles ago now. And it was kind of, it was always a bit weird, like trying to find your pair partner. And it was a bit like you did it yourself. Like there was just a lot going on. And I remember Ros and I rode the pair a few times and it was really good, but it just never really worked out for whatever reason that year. Um, I was up in Canberra, Ros was in Adelaide and yeah, it was just all a bit of a shambles. And then, yeah, obviously I was like pretty keen. Like I totally understood why Ros took time away from the sport after. And I think it definitely makes sense, but I was always, when I saw her go to the pair, like, I think we had her, like, a brief chat, like, at Henley. By that stage, we were obviously pretty good mates. And she was like, yeah, I'm kind of falling back in love with the sport. And so when that happened, I was like, sweet. Like, she's we up in Henley <laughs> and we can kind of – I was like, we can kind of finish what we started. And I guess mm. that was the thing. Like, we had a lot of respect for one another and what we'd kind of gone through. We knew that we were on similar pages from our, like – from just being close and rowing together in 2015. Um, but for a number of reasons, we just weren't able to execute, I think, what we are capable of. So to be able to come back and be in Penrith together and work in that together and then, funny enough, end up in the pair together this year. Um, and we spent a lot of time together. And obviously with the double up with Jess and Annabelle, it was like we were a unit of four. But I think the only the only people who could understand what how Ros and I were feeling and being that 
second pair, if you will, was me and Rose. So it was very much being there for each other and, and working together to achieve what we did. Like we went sub seven, like there's all these like little goals that we were able to do while spending our time together. So yeah. 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 Definitely remember Rose, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, a unique was... Um, dynamic. And actually, so, mm. so going back to, um, US system because I think that's an interesting one for Australian mm. rowers and actually rowers sort of all over the world who, you know, uh, the opportunity to go to the US college system and mm. get an education and be a part of rowing programs, which are elite programs that, um, you know, you have great coaches and good numbers and mm. a lot of competition. Uh, what's like, yeah, what was the US experience from a rowing perspective like? Because, oh, mm-hmm. and you know, juggling all the sort of um, yeah, academic stuff. But, um, yeah, was that a enjoyable part of your rowing, you know, experiences? Yeah, I think, you know, the US college was, for me, was, was super awesome. I think um, it really, uh, you know, I took the time to find a uni that worked for me and, and I had a look at a few different ones. And luckily enough, you know, my mum's um, knows the US college system pretty well. She went to a uni there. Um, for a couple of years um, when she was younger as well. And, you know, we really worked through it and I guess looked at um, historical da- data of different, um, you know, regattas and be like, what uni has actually performed? This is for this, uh, for rowing, like what college had performed consistently over the last, you know, X amount of years to see if it's actually a strong program. You know, some programs just come in, they're good for a year or two and they have good recruits and they thought, but what's a really solid, stable program that's got a, you know, good reputation um, and my three unis that I was looking at was Stanford, uh, Washington and Cal. And then I had a look at all three of them and they're obviously all really, really good unis. Um, but as soon as I worked, walked into Berkeley, I was like, no, nah, I'm, if I don't get into anywhere else, I just, I'm not going to go in to the States. Like I would just said to the coach, I said, this is the uni that is for me. It feels really right. Um, the program's quite big. You know, I'd come from banks and club where I was one of four girls and, and this is like a, a system of 60 girls kind of duking it out every single day. And, you know, it's, um, it's a high pressure environment. The uni is obviously really amazing. I knew I wanted to work in, you know, some form of like sociology or um, kind of, you know, social studies. Um, they have a really strong um, department there and, and it just fit really well for my personality. Um, it's right next to San Francisco, which is a great, you know, great city. And, I think for me, I just did a bit of research of, you know, what, what do I want? Can I see myself being here for four years and can I see myself thrive and met some of the other girls and teammates and, and got along with them really, really well. And, um, you know, for me, I'll go, yep, yeah, this is, this is the one for me. So um, I told my coach there, I said, if I don't get into Berkeley, I'm not going to come to the States and pretty much straight away. He said, okay, yep, I will get you in. So, um, you know, and, I had to obviously sit the SATs. Um, I had to have a look at what I was, my year 12 studies. So I actually didn't have the right subjects that would get me in um, at the time. So I had to pick up, you know, three, four biology um, so I could actually have the proper unit. So if anyone's looking at the States, I definitely recommend understanding what subjects you have to um, do um, leading into your year 12 um, because that was actually quite stressful for me because I hadn't done a science in you know two or three years so um, and they said we have to get you your SATs to this so I got a tutor I did studied um, you know I did extra study on the side and and got my SATs up and um, you know kind of ticking all those boxes before and you know I had the grades um, I had the right you know personality for Berkeley it's it's a high pretty high pressure situation uni so um, and the uni itself. And when you say, um, Rose, when you say high pressure, mm. um, so you when you say high race, pressure, what, what is, oh, yeah, what, what is, yeah, so I, it's, you know, race it's, every it, single day. Yeah, you could, um, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, sometimes you'll have three or four, you know, eights across, and he'll be like, you know, this is what my experience was. It was like if you're in the first, sometimes you'd have to be doing, you know, speed out rowing. Um, or square blades and trying to keep up with the, another boat side by side, you know, and um, if he thinks that you're not, you know, pulling hard enough or, you know, you're not in the right seat, they'll say, okay, pull the boats together, Rosie out, Lucy in, swap, you have to pull the boats and, you know, every single day you're um, getting tested and, you know, it's, um, it's, it's super, super high pressure. So it's kind of, 
you know, in, in hindsight, really good preparation for the training center because you are kind of getting tested every single day and you have to perform every day. But on the flip side of that, have to know what works for you and know that sometimes if it's, you know, just a, a normal T2 session, you don't have to win that. You just have to be in the right, you know, heart rate zone and just get your engine going. But it's having the maturity of saying, you know, I don't need to win this weight session today because I'm going to hurt myself. I need to get stronger in the gym. But if I'm doing a race piece or if I'm rowing side by side rowing, I'm going to like beat the person. Like, you know, it was be in the warm up in rowing and fours. You, it was like you would get yelled at if you were dropping behind, if you were, you know, rowing quarter side and the other boat was moving away from you. So it was side by side rowing every single day. So that's what I got used to. And, you know, if you were, if you weren't performing for a few days or, you know, if you had been sick for a bit, you'd kind of be dropped down to the thirds or the fourths and then have to make your way back up. So it's like you have to earn, <coughs> earn your spot every single day. So I think that really hardens you. And I think for me, I struggled initially at the start because I was, you know, sculling at banks where it's just like, okay, you're just trying to find the right feel. Or you're trying to get your finger in the right position yeah. to make sure, you know, you know, you know, it's a lot more kind of catered personality. Whereas, if you know in the states it's just you have to win and you have to find a way to win so um that was something that was ingrained in me and you know looking 10 years later that's like almost a perfect mix for me because like i learned how to row well and then i got the mongrel in me when i was in the states and i learned how to row the big boats i knew how aggressive you had to be as well as i knew that you had the touch and you have to have the feel and i guess be really internal at the same time so it's it's such a hard mix to get um and i think that pays dividends for in the really high pressure situations such as Olympic games, you go, I have to row well, but I have to go really, really hard as well. So um, I think that's the beauty of the beauty of the sport. Um, that is such a, you know, such a technical, but also a super physical race. Is that, is that how the training center feels now in terms of the Australian training center or is it yeah. sort of a better balance, I'll say better balance of sort of more, yeah, there's the competition side, but then there's, mm -hmm. you know, the technical side, which um, it's matched off a little bit better. Yeah, I think it's definitely more catered. Um, you know, the training centre is uh, how do we get, you know, we're thinking long term of three or four, you know, four years away, but they also want to retain you. So, you know, for me, uh, when I got to the training centre, they identified that my I kept getting the rib fractures. So my upper body was really, really weak compared to my lower body. So then instead of one core session, I was doing an extra, myself and a few other girls were doing an extra weight session, just purely upper body. So it's really catered to your own physiology and, and everything. And there's, there's dedicated sessions of, yep, this is side by side. You have to get your boat, your bow ball ahead. And there's other sessions that go, no, we're just focusing on our own thing. So we have the luxury that, you know, we're not studying full time. Um, you know, we're, we're getting paid pretty well at the training center that you know you have the luxury of training three times a day whereas um you know in the college system you've got the morning and then the night and then you've got a full day of um study in the middle um as well so it's definitely you kind of have to um it was it was two different systems but i think there was the element of there's a lot of um uh overlap as well where you have to be really strategic with your time um and learn how to switch on and switch off because you're training and living and socializing with the people that you're, um, you know, around all the time and racing against, but they're also your best mates as well. So how do you, you know, keep the on water stuff there and, 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 you know, kind of leave it, um, on the water when you, when you step out of the boat. So, um, that's what I, another thing that I learned really well, um, at college that, you know, you can't take, if you beat someone in a seat race or you get beaten in a seat race, you can't take that personally. You just got to leave it there and, and then kind of, you know, lick your wounds if you lose or, you know, quietly celebrate if you win. But then, you know, your reaction of when something's really good to when something's really bad should probably stay the same to kind of keep, you know, you, so you don't get the burn out of, of the highs being too high or the lows being too low. Yeah. Is, and then, I mean, there's often images of these big um, US programs like Cal where you see a full room of, ergos and everyone's sort of in the room and you know it's noisy and mm -hmm. um was that a big part of the program over there and and was that pretty competitive in terms of all the erg workouts oh yeah i mean yeah it was just kind of like a 20k erg is not like you know sit at 155 heart rate it's like you have to try to beat the person next to you if you're doing a 20k erg um and it was kind of like you had to earn your stripes so if you, 
when I was there, it was, you know, the people in the Varsity 8 sat in the front row and then they had the best ergs and then it kind of, you know, it was just all like these little things that, you know, um, you had to row in time with each other and, um, yeah, it was all the, it's very noisy, it's really loud, like it's super exciting, you know, you get it through, you, um, but yeah, it's kind of exactly what you can see on the, all the photos and stuff and I, yeah. I don't know, I kind of love that stuff. I think it, you know, it, it, it creates a sense of camaraderie and, you know, rowing is a really hard sport, but if you see someone next to you, um, you know, going really, really hard and you're having a bit of an off day and that helps elevate you, you know, you've, you, you can help build each other up if you're not in the mood because we're all going to have bad days. We're all going to have good days. But I think um, what I loved about the Cal program was that like, you know, it, we all brought each other up and it wasn't, you know, you're the only one. If you succeed, um, you know, it's all on you. We're like, how do we get the whole team to perform on the day? And, you know, even um, at the NCAAs or the, the Pac-12 level, which is our kind of regional um, or nationals, the, like the, the team trophy was emphasised as being like the big thing that we wanted to get, you know, all crews to get the best possible results so we can win the overall, uh, the overall um, cup. So that was something that, you know, we're, we're trying to build up not only the people at the top, but all the people throughout the whole system of all the 55, 60 girls that are, you know, doing, you know, rowing for, for different reasons. And, um, you know, it's a hard sport, but I think that's what I loved about it, that we all helped build each other up and that you were on Cal Crew, you know, everyone respected each other equal amount. So I don't know, that's, that's what I loved about it. And, and also understanding why people do the sport for different reasons, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Did you, Lucy, did you ever think about going to the US and jumping in the um, US system or was it not something that you sort of had on your radar? Well, I didn't really know you could row after school. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ros and I have very different backgrounds. Well, you've um, made a life of it. I have. I have very much. <laughs> probably making up for lost time. Um, I did because I was in Ballarat and at that point in time there was no water on the lake. I didn't really know, like, I was just, I just rode because I loved it and I didn't really know where it was going to take me. Um, I guess the thought was kind of there a few years later and when, I think when Rosie, when Rosie went, it was very, not many girls went, the guys, it was just starting to take off for the guys. Um, and there's obviously a few every year that were going over, but I think that was from like around Victoria, there was like. Roz and Cords were the only two girls that went. Where now it's like the kind of done thing, especially for girls. And like Roz said, there was no real pathway when she was coming through under 23s. Our age there was for the boys, but there wasn't for the girls. Um, so I think when I, by the time I was like, oh, this is potentially an option you could do, I'd cracked into like the under 23 team back home here and was kind of working towards the senior stuff. So yeah, and I think for me, like, I don't, I think it would have been maybe a bit big of a two-step, like, bigger step for me. Like, little girl from Neil goes to boarding school in Ballarat. Like, it was a massive thing for me even to go to the city, let alone, like, my parents, my dad had never been to overseas until he came to watch <laughs> me. And, yeah, like, literally, it was, like, a huge thing to catch a <laughs> Like, my dad had never been overseas until 2013 when he came and watched me row. So to be, like leave school and be like, oh, I'm going to go live overseas for four years. Like that just wasn't a thing that was even on the radar. Cause I don't think we really understood. Would you, it. would you have been a bit like Crocodile Dundee in, in the year? hundred percent. I would have been, I would have been walking down the street just saying like, good day, good day. I think it's also, um, you know, that's, yeah. you know, it's a really good, uh, yeah, I was just going to say like, you know, I think that's, it's showing that, you know, Lucy and I got the exact same result, you know, in Tokyo and we've taken completely different paths. So I think it's, you know, understanding what works for you because, you know, if you find out what, you know, what your personality is and what makes it work, like uni for me was a really, really cool experience. Um, whereas that's something that wasn't the right pathway for Luce. So it's like, you know, I think figuring out what works for you and not just going to the States because everyone else is going like, you know, or, you know, going to the States a year or so later, I think it's it's really important to understand what you want and what you need and what, you know, what's going to be the right path for you. Like, you know, if just rowing at the States is, you know, your level and where you want to be at, that is completely fine. It doesn't mean that you, you know, have to row after or anything like that. Like, it's you have to create your own journey. And I think that's something that 
um, you know, being one of the first people to go to the States, I was the first um, myself and a, a girl, Paparangi, who was a Kiwi. Uh, we were the first, um, you know, Southern Hemisphere recruits for the for the women's team. And, you know, now so many Aussie girls go. So, um, you know, I think it's just going, what works for me? And having a look at the States, doing your research and be like, no, nah, that's not it. Or, yeah, this is exactly what I want to do. But understanding that it's, it's completely up to you and you don't have to do it. And, but my experience was that it was awesome. Yeah. And Lucy's experience was staying in Australia yeah. and being in Melbourne was the best thing for her. It's actually, I reckon that's, that's, that's a point. great, yeah, great point. Because, I mean, you know, your pathways, are, you know, they aren't really different. Like, you know, mm. and, and I mean, just, you know, Rose, you growing up and you had rowing, you know, family and parents and, so the um, idea of rowing and the conversation I imagine around the dinner table was, you know, quite um, focused around rowing at times. And so, yeah. <laughs> whereas, yeah. whereas Lucy, you know, you're sort of coming from a very non-rowing background in terms of, you know, your family sort of upbringing. And then, you know, going to the US and staying here, it does it. There's not a model where it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to win a gold, medal at the olympics this is what you have to do mm. um i think yeah sort of finding that pathway sort of for yourself and what's going to fit i mean what's nice to know though is that you know some of the work that you did in the u.s was really valuable to you know then sort of going into um the program back here but like did you have like a big adjustment to come back to australia and and maybe sort of one of the questions there is yeah, I imagine it would have been highly structured as a you know, program and resources and all the things around it um, over at Cal. When you came back, mm. was it a bit different to sort of go back to, you know, rowing, you know, sort of clubs and programs where it probably isn't the same scale and um, size that you used to? Did you have a bit of adjustment coming back? Um, yeah, I had a big adjustment, I think, because I came back and, um, you know, I was trying to find a pair partner and, and I came back in, you know, August of 2014. And I think by then, this is before the, the centralized training centers were established and um, everyone had kind of got their own pair partners. Yeah. And I was just trying, I think I had, you know, six pair partners in six weeks because I'd go on, you know, I'd be like, oh, that person, you know, I wanted to row at an Australia level and, and they may have just wanted to row at a, um, you know, club level and then went with someone else and then they decided that they no longer wanted to be rowing at the late level like a, and you know so was, it's like a dating game was, isn't it yeah it was like it was speed dating so i was like you know i, I every week <laughs> i was going out with a different person and you know trying to find what's because also like being in a pair and trying to trial for an australian team it's like you have to have some good i guess synergy um and then i can't remember who so yeah, i was like okay. oh that's you know R renee chatterton um she was doing her teaching rounds in adelaide and i was like oh well like I'm a bit of a gypsy these days. I may as well just like go to Adelaide and I sent her a message. I said, hi, my name's Rosie. I've just got back from the States. Like, do you want to row a pair with me? I'm happy to move to Adelaide. And we just did like a two week trial. Um, so I drove to Adelaide and, and um, was put up with this host family that were just amazing. And, um, and then rode with Renee for two weeks. And then we go, oh yeah, this is like, we can make this work. And, you know, we got along really well and we, um, you know, we had a good fit and, um, and then we just committed to rowing. And so I went back to Australia, got a bunch of my things and then drove back to Adelaide and, and then spent until about February there. So February or March. And then, um, so it was definitely kind of, you had to just kind of think quick and, you know, I wanted to make the Aussie team in 2015. So, um, it was a huge adjustment because it was, you know, as you said, Cam, it's going from a highly regimented routine where you know exactly what you're going to do on each day and, you know, you get really looked after, um, especially the academic side at, at uni. Like we get as an athlete um, at Berkeley, you get priority enrollment so that you can fit your classes around your training and you can get tutoring. And, you know, there's there's certain times where exams are on that you're mandated to have less um, mandatory training hours. So it's, I guess, the, the way that they frame it is it's like you're a student first and then you're an athlete. So it's um, super highly structured. And then I came back and you know, I had to just kind of find my way um, back in Melbourne. But I think, you know, I've been so lucky with my mum and dad, you know, knowing the rowing world and, and they really helped guide me, you know, find, you know, the, the resources there. And, um, you know, I just had to be really open and ask questions and I guess not be afraid if something didn't work out. But I go, well, I'll go to Adelaide and it doesn't work out. Like, you just have to be proud of yourself for trying. So, 
yeah, definitely a, a huge adjustment. Um, but I think all those little things that you, you know, you take a bit of time now after the big event and you look back, like that was just all leading into, I guess, building up the resilience, um, for when you do perform on the world stage, cause you go, I have just gone everywhere and tried to make it work for so long. And, you know, it's kind of the stars have started to you know, align leading into, you know, leading into Tokyo. So, um, but yeah, a, a really big adjustment, but in saying that I, I was kind of ready for a, you know, a change. I had been highly structured in, in the uni for the four years and, and loved it. And I think I was just really keen to make the Aussie team. So I was like, whatever, I'll just do whatever I can to make it work. And, and luckily it did work out and I found a great partner and, you know, we did, we, I think we got third at, at trials. So we did pretty well that yeah. year. Yeah. And I mean, for both of you, like I think sort of, you know, in terms of how you've navigated through different seasons and boats, like one of the key things is you've both been pretty proactive about making shit happen in terms of not just sitting back and just going, well, someone will come to me and sort of put me in a boat and I'll see how this goes. You know, it sort of feels like both of you are like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to, you know, get this, you know, get on the messages and, and try to line up a a pair partner or move to South Australia or sort of, you know, um, Lucy, I know you're not sort of shy and sort of, you know, going up to what you want. And so, I mean, I think that's one of the good lessons though. If, if you are trying to sort of get to those next levels, you need to, rowing's a pretty sort of, you know, organised program sport, but within that you need to be pretty bullish about where you want to get to and, and how you sort of get there and don't just sit back and think that people are going to, you know, organise things for you and make sure that you're sort of here and there and sit in this boat at some, yeah. yeah. I think that's one um, thing not to blow smoke up Roz's ass when I'm going to. That's one thing Roz going. is like amazing at <laughs> in the fact that she just, she just, she'd be like, I'm going to go get this and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure like I turn over every stone and I make sure that it might not, like I might not always end up in the crew that I wanted to, but then I'm just going to make that crew go really fast. And then my next chance, like that's my chance. And, you know, it's like even funny looking back when Roz came back and she couldn't find a pair partner. Like I was up in, um, up at the AIS in Canberra. It was like that same kind of thing. Like I think I was just hoping it would work out because I had been in that system a little bit of I came into the VIS and then it was I was very looked after and I think looking at that and how Roz went about that year in comparison to I probably sat back a bit more and didn't take charge of my destiny to the point that I reckon I should have to um like to the point that after December camp me and Roz rode together and one of the coaches was like you should row with Rosie and I was like well she's already <laughs> rode with Ren Chat and I don't want to stuff up that pair so I'm just going to go like float along by myself in hindsight, I should have maybe just sent Ros a message to be like, hey, look, I know you're on Ren Chat. I'm not sure what the goal is. Like, and you just never know. But in, I just, I didn't do that because I was like, well, I don't want to be that person. But I would probably do that yeah. now, now that I'm a bit older and I'm a bit more like, you go after what you want. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is interesting for yeah. sure. I, and I think it's also like, you know, rowing is a very offensive sport. Like there's no defense in, in rowing. So it's like, you just have to like, you know, lead the charge. And if it doesn't work out, I think, you know, being someone that if you don't have any fear of failure, it's a really dangerous thing because if you've got nothing to lose, and I think that's something that I really learned, you know, when I didn't make the Rio team that I was like, I was speaking to Brody Buckland and he goes, Rosie, like the worst has happened. You didn't make the, like you didn't make the Olympic team and you still got a great education. You got a good friends, you got a great family. Like, at the end of the day, everything's actually still pretty good. And I think I sat with that for a while. I'm like, I actually don't have anything to lose. Like the worst has happened and I'm still doing all right, you know? And I think that was a really big mindset shift for me. Um, kind of learning all the, you know, I think before Rio, I was kind of being proactive, but wasn't really realizing that I was being proactive. Um, and I was just kind of doing it. And then after I was like, no, this is actually a quite a strong skill set that I have. Um, and I was like, well, if I don't make a team, the worst is I've already not made the team. Like I know how that I'll be okay after. So, um, yeah. you know, I think not being afraid to kind of go after for what you want and, and um, just, you know, if there's something that kind of gets in your way, you just kind of, you know, take a few steps left or right and then just try to find another way through. And I think, you know, being a member of Banks Rowing Club, a smaller club, like I've always been a bit of a free agent. I think that's kind of opened me up to be able to row in composite crews or, 
you know, be able to go to Adelaide or go to other places because I've, you know, not saying like go uni, go works, you know, it's like all, all good. And uh, you know, again, finding your own, <laughs> finding, finding your own, you know, finding what works for you, but being at banks, being at a club where it's, you know, a club system and there's people there that actually love being there. Um, and it just freed me up to be able to do, you know, what I wanted because I kind of knew that my path would be a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I think it's yeah. just understanding that if there's something that you want, just try to find a way to do it. And it's in a, breaking it down into manageable chunks and, and knowing it's not going to happen overnight. Like this took, this took Luce and I 15 years to do. Like, you know, you kind of watch the Olympic final, like, oh, they were always good. You know, Lucy's a, you know, two-time world champion. It's, she's always been good. But it's like, no, she started rowing in a place that had no water, you know? And it's like, <laughs> and I wasn't even in the Rio crew, yeah. you know? So... I yeah. didn't even like make the team in five years ago. So I think it's just finding, you know, finding well, that balance and, you know, yeah. making it work. But I think that's, I think that's a huge thing. And it's something I've been thinking a little bit about, because obviously coming back to Melbs, it's been a massive thing for me. I'm like, okay, I want to go give back to the rowing community. Like there's girls that are like potentially going up and, and rowing, um, spending like a bit of time at the center at the, like in the next couple of weeks, just to see how it is. And, like the coaches are like, oh, I like go talk to, you know, go talk to the girls who have been there. But I think my advice, and I was like, oh, what are you telling them? It's like, yeah, I can tell them, like, these are the key sessions. Make sure you do this. Make sure you do that. But everyone's got their own path, and you need to sort out what it works for you and who you are as an athlete. And I guess coming through from Ballarat, not really knowing anyone, I had that luxury of I just went out and did the best I could and discovered who I was for myself and I think Roz is very similar in how she she was like well I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go to America and I'm going to go to Cal and I think it's figuring out what's best for you and not doing it. it's like well Lucy Stefan does this so I'm going to do exactly what she does and I'm going to be exactly like her it's like <laughs> but you're not me and that's totally fine you're yourself so go do what works for you because your chances are you could be better than me one day like just keep working on what makes you good and don't lose sight of that. Cause I think you can get so caught up and obviously you, you take advice and you learn like Kim was one for me. Like I always looked at Kimmy and I was like, what can I learn from Kim? But I was probably lucky in the fact of when I looked up to Kim, I literally looked up to her cause she was two foot taller than me. And like, <laughs> I, I was like, well, I can't be Kim because physically that's mm. not possible. So I would take little things that she would did, but I wasn't going to try and be another Kim Crow because physically that wasn't it so I just became the best Lucy Stefan I could be and I think that that's the biggest piece of advice it's just be the best that you can be learn and take little tips from like these movement lives but it's like you can't be someone else when you are you yeah no well said I mean like it's like it is true I think so the skill of it is like, especially when you're a younger athlete, like tapping in, and even what's cool about this chat is that, you know, at the start, Roz was sort of talking about first Olympics and how did you put yourself in that kind of mindset at, you know, at the start of an Olympic final, it sounds like you were sort of, and then talking through all your experiences, it's pretty clear how you managed to uh, be in that mindset ahead of an Olympic final because you've gone and done all these different things that have put yourself under pressure and been in this program and had to navigate all that and then sort of you get to an Olympic finals like I've gone through a lot of shit to get here I know what I'm doing um mm. and I don't need to go to three Olympic games to know what I'm doing I you know I've sort of had um so many different experiences that go into what I'm about to do and so so I think it is that skill of of learning from you know athletes like yourself and sort of how you've navigated different things and then seeing how it applies to you and sort of so you know doing the internal work on yourself of going who am i what are my strengths what are my weaknesses what do i love doing i mean that's the most important thing too is what i really enjoyed doing in this sport and sort of um or you know what sport you're involved in but um where do i get the most enjoyment out of it and and start to sort of put all that together and then learn from everyone else in terms of their experiences and don't copy, but sort of, you know, be a really good student. Cause I think that's sort of, um, that's where you win. But, um, but it's, yeah. uh, I mean, like watching sort of you know, listening to your journey this morning, but just watching how you've navigated through, you know, all the different, um, you know, programs and then sort of back into Australia and then sort of seeing that rise into, 
what you did um, this year was was so awesome just to um, yeah, sit back here. I mean, it, it couldn't have happened at a better time in terms of a, a lockdown for Australia and everyone just glued to the TV. And, um, <laughs> and I mean, the, the race itself, like, you know what's cool about it is that that race you'll be able to sort of, it is a great race. Like, it's not just mm. sort of a race where you're led sort of, you know, and one by two lengths and everyone's like, yeah, you won sort of, you know what's <laughs> going to happen. Like, there's so much stuff going on in that race that sort of, you know, it's, it's something that you can go back and watch a million times over and probably see different things sort of occurring sort of every time mm. you watch it. And um, and then to have, you know, the ability, and I know you haven't had your crew reunion yet. Um, maybe we should make it happen on the movement. No, we'll oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, um, I'll, def- I'll definitely but, cry uh, again, so I probably don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> But just to have, I mean, look, the most special part of it then is that, you know, sort of experience of bond that you girls then get to carry for the rest of your life and knowing sort of that you put something together and and it, it all came together on the day is, is sort of, you know, so special. Um, so congrats. And and then, oh, I mean, you. we've we've talked to some of the athletes in terms of um, what's next, you know. Um, Lucy's stressed because... Paris is only, you know, how far, how many days? So you this is, probably got so one of those counters in is, your room. Sort this of. is where Roz <laughs> and I, this is where Roz is good because Roz makes a decision. She's like, nah, I'm just going to go do this. Where I'm like, <laughs> how's your cortisol, mate? So, yeah. <laughs> I know. Roz is all over it. But, you know, okay. we are who we are. I'm not going to try and be a Rosie Popper. Absolutely. She's not going to try and be no, a Rosie no. Stefan. No, we work. couldn't put up with two Lucy Stephans. Yeah. Probably um, not too. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you are you jumping back in the boat anytime soon or what's what's sort of your roadmap for the next steps so i'm just um, you don't have to commit to it year. either yeah no i think for me it's just going um i'm just taking the year to kind of enjoy you know this time and now that you know melbourne's finally opening up just kind of going like this is kind of the the ability to just really soak it up and, and be able to share you know my our success with other people like that's the the coolest thing for me is is being able to share this with people now that have been super super supportive for such a long time so i'm just gonna kind of soak that up and and just be and i have started a little business called rosemary local so um and i'm just kind of going how do i uh you know try to build that up and 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 it's pretty exciting time for me there and probably go to the states at some point next year and just visit um you know visit visit the uni visit some of my mates and and then go to tokyo for a little bit with my family so um, I think that'll be a nice little full circle thing. So do a bit of traveling and, you know, I think it'll be really nice to go back to Tokyo and maybe go back to the course and, you know, finally kind of just be able to sit and be. And, you know, I think this, you know, we weren't able to do the the second week. We had to, you know, we're a bit of a FIFO of the Olympic Games. So, um, you know, to actually be able to stop and, and be in Tokyo and experience it is something that I'm really looking forward to. So, um, you know, rowing is definitely not off the cards for me at this point, but I think, you know, I really have to, just kind of scratch the itch of, of doing other things first. And, and I know that, you know, I'm, I'm doing some, you know, doing some exercise and staying fit. And, you know, I guess it's kind of going back and, you know, uh, re relearning how to, you know, exercise without, you know, training, you know, it's a really different, um, a really different mindset. Yeah, so for me, it's, yeah. And it's like a kind of rewriting be like, no, I actually really like being fit and I really like, you know, being you know, healthy and stuff. So, you know, I have no doubt that, um, you know, when the time comes to make the decision, I want to make an informed decision of, you know, now that you have, you've achieved your goal, of, I'm an Olympic champion now. Okay, what, if I do go back to rowing, what is the next goal? Because I want to be hungry for that. I don't want to just come back because I think I should. So um, I think it's just kind of sitting down and being like, if I'm going to go back, I'm going to do it 100%. So, but for now, just enjoying it and, you know, just soaking it up. It's, it's a really cool time. Cool. Yeah. Well, well deserved. Um, congrats and, and thanks for um, yeah taking the time this morning. I think sort of um, well, there's there's heaps of lessons for you know the rowing community and sort of athlete community that's sort of um, listening on this just to uh, learn a little bit in terms of your sort of you know pathways and and then just enjoying the success that you put together. But um, yeah, this is good fun. Both of you. Yeah, it's fine. Crew. <laughs> I know it's nice uh, on the... being four kilometers <laughs> away from each other, probably. Yeah. No, but if anyone wants to, um, yeah, 
if anyone, you know, has any questions about college stuff specifically, um, happy if you just want to shoot me a message. Like, I'm, I love talking about it. So if you have any questions, and I know we didn't get to, um, there's so many different layers of, you know, going to the States and stuff. So I'm happy to answer any of those questions as well. So don't, don't be afraid to send me a message on Instagram. Happy to answer them. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Enjoy guys. See you later. See you later. Cool. Bye, Rosalie. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Bye. See ya.